the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 70 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at Let's Talk Faith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. Portions of this hour have been pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Fresh Wind Radio, sponsored by Love First Christian Center. You've been listening to Fresh Wind Radio, sponsored by Love First Christian Center. This program was pre recorded. You know, a lot of times you have to choose between something high quality or something that saves you money. But if you can get both, why not? Especially when it comes to health care. And that's MediShare. You get both. The typical family saves 500 bucks a month switching to MediShare. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. It's because MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge PPO network. So, yeah, really, you could save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. If you're self-employed or part of the gig economy, or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Here is the number you need. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. It's true, parents are a child's first teacher. But not anymore, it seems, if woke America has anything to say about it. In Virginia's gubernatorial debate, Democratic candidate Terry McAuliffe said it out loud. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Understandably, many parents don't agree. During COVID, they saw what their kids are learning and they didn't like it. So they're showing up at school board meetings to advocate for their children. Some topics are controversial, like critical race theory, mask mandates, and the pornographic materials available in some school libraries. Some meetings have grown heated, but it's ludicrous that the National School Boards Association has called this parent pushback domestic terrorism and demanded the Biden administration use tools like the Patriot Act to suppress political dissent. And it's frightening that the Biden administration would even consider it. That's not what we do in America. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. COVID has challenged your church's very existence. Faith Talk Radio wants to pause for one day and acknowledge your church's solid rock, your pastor. Presenting the 2021 Pastor Appreciation Day, October 14th at Armature Works. Sponsored by Word of Life Bible Institute with special guest A.R. Bernard of New York's largest house of worship. Your pastor experiences fellowship and encouragement, enjoys fantastic food, prizes, and even a chance at a getaway vacation from travel cats. And it's all free. Register now at letstalkfaith.com. Join Ken Williams, author of The Journey Out, as he shares his discovery that only Jesus can offer the inner healing from hopelessness and sexual identity confusion. New Hearts Outreach invites the general public to an educational luncheon about God's transformational steps towards freedom from same-sex attraction. The 12th Annual Pastors and Counselors Luncheon will be held on Thursday, October 21st at South Tampa Fellowship Church. This is a free luncheon and open to all. Register at NHOTampa.com. That's NHOTampa.com. 
Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. On the next Bill Bunkley Show, I'll bring you the latest in political and cultural news from a decidedly Christian worldview. Find out what's happening here in Florida, the nation, and around the globe. Meet me at the intersection of faith and life on the next edition of the Bill Bunkley Show on Faith Talk 570 WTBN, AM 910, and FM 102.1, streaming on the web, your smartphone, or an iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Dave Straub, your host, weekday mornings on Faith Talk Radio. And we're taking the time right now to pause and recognize the efforts of the mission at Heartbeat International. Round the clock, they are manning call-in lines for women who may be considering an abortion or possibly counseling because they're looking for other options. They're calling these call-in lines option lines, and these conversations could mean the difference between life and death. I called option line when I found out I was pregnant. I was alone and terrified, desperately in need of help and guidance. The option line consultant was able to find a pregnancy center near me that offered many services, including prenatal classes, material aid, and even had a men's program for the father of my baby. I was so relieved that option line was able to connect me to help immediately and so close to home. Heartbeat International counselors talk to an average of 48 women an hour on these lines, and the cost to run them is about $75 an hour, and that's where we come in. We're looking for donations to help pay for an hour or two hours or even three or four at $75 apiece. Each of these hours could have 48 chances to save babies' lives. Will you pray about it and then make the call at 800-999-7408? That's 800-999-7408. Or go to our website at letstalkfaith.com and click on the Heartbeat International banner. Odyssey. Strength between Sundays. Faith Talk 570 and 910. Online at letstalkfaith.com. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Turning Point with David Jeremiah, sponsored by Turning Point Ministries. As the world continues its slow recovery from the recent pandemic and its ongoing effects, you might wonder if there's something believers should be doing. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah answers yes and shares several suggestions that are both practical and biblical. From Where Do We Go From Here?, David now introduces the conclusion of his message, a biological prophecy, pandemic. Well, you know, each of these lessons in this brand new book and in this series are built around three things. Number one, um, where are we now? What's really happening? Number two, what does that mean? And number three, where do we go from here? On Friday, we talked about where we are now and a little bit about what does this mean? Today, we're going to talk about what it means and where do we go from here. What do we do when we size up the pandemic and put it alongside the Word of God? What should our response be? I think you'll be surprised at some of the things we've discovered that we want to share with you as a part of this series. By the way, you can have a copy of this brand new book, and we'll happily send it to you if you'll send a gift of any size to help us during the month of October. It will be our privilege to mail this book to your home We'll do that. Yes, we will. If you send us a gift of any size, we'll send you this book, and you will have it among the first who receive it, and you'll be able to read it and follow it and go along with us as we finish out the series here on the radio and on television. Most of all, it'll be a resource for you when these questions pop up, and they will. 
I've never had more people ask me more questions about what's happening in the world today than in recent days. Couldn't answer all of them, but I chose 10 of them, and I hope that you will give me the opportunity to put this book in your hands by sending a gift to Turning Point today. Don't forget also that uh, we're going to the Caribbean at the end of the year. Uh, Every year we take a little journey at the end of the Christmas season before New Year's. We head out for the warm weather and the cool breezes, the beauty of the Caribbean. This year, December 30th through January 8th, we'll be on the tranquil waters of the tropical paradise known as the Caribbean. And Don and I will be there along with our musicians and family members and people who are coming with us to celebrate the end of a year and uh, the beginning of a new one. I hope you'll come with us. You can find out more about that at davidjeremiah.org. Well, uh, let's get started with today's lesson as we open our hearts to the truth of God's Word. When you read these sections of the Bible, read them carefully and prayerfully and look for emerging trends. The events of Revelation no longer seem implausible to me. Indeed, they seem to be impending. They seem like they could happen. Who could ever have believed that the world could be strangled to a stop by a plague? But we watched it. We saw it. We witnessed it. It frightened us. We didn't know where it was going. We seem to feel better about it now. We're kind of on the other side of it. We've got vaccines and all of that. But COVID-19 has taught me that everybody's vulnerable, and it's taught me that the Bible's credible. You better believe it. The Bible knows what it's talking about. It's not talking about something you don't know. Here's the third lesson that we should take away from this. The uncertainty of life. Contagions remind us of the uncertainty of life. Did you expect your schedule to be wiped out for an entire year before this happened? (laughs) Were you prepared for your children to be shut out of their classroom? For your vacation, your wedding to be canceled? For your workload to shift to your kitchen table? No one expected to stay away from church for weeks or months. How terrible for those who were laid off or whose businesses failed. Few people had their pantries stocked with sanitizers, masks, and toilet paper. Who could have known? Earlier in this message, I mentioned the patriarch Job. Do you remember how he explained the sudden deconstruction of his life? Here's what he said. My days are swifter than a runner. They flee away. They see no good. They pass like swift ships, like an eagle swooping on its prey. Or Job 14, 1 and 2, man who's born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He comes forth like a flower and fades away. He flees like a shadow and does not continue. How uncertain and how precious are our days. I took that away from this. I don't have any guarantee, nor do you, that I will have tomorrow. I have only the day that God has given me, and how precious is that day. How important should it be for us to give thanks to God for the days he has given to us as his gifts. So I've learned about the vulnerability of everybody. Nobody's safe from this. I've learned about the credibility of the Bible. I've learned about the uncertainty of life. And I've also learned about the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. The virus points us to Jesus. As he was preparing to finish his earthly work and return to heaven, he told his disciples this. He said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Notice, Jesus didn't say, In the world you will have tribulation. And I have overcome tribulation? No. 
He said, in the world you will have tribulation. I've overcome the world. (laughs) Jesus doesn't just overcome the event. He doesn't just overcome the event. He overcomes the environment in which the event happens. He doesn't just overcome tribulation. He overcomes the world in which tribulation happens. That's incredible. He comes to us in the midst of the struggle when the battle is almost unbearable and the circumstances are impossible. And with the voice of absolute certainty and strength, he speaks to us of peace and bestows encouragement and raises our morale and fills us with strength. And he says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I don't know about you, but I found Jesus in a new and special way during COVID-19. I found out that he was enough, that no matter what was going on that was frightening and we didn't have any answers to it, we had one answer and his name was Jesus. And when we talked to him, he helped us. And we got through this because we believed and counted on the one who has promised never to leave us or forsake us. Amen? Amen. So, okay, there you go. We've had the pandemic. We've learned some things from it. But the question that's been in my heart as I've been working on this series is where do we go from here? Now that this has happened to us, now that we're coming out of it, now that we've experienced it and hope we never experience it again, where do we go from here? First of all, let me suggest that we prioritize our prayer life. I don't ever like to mention that because I know it always makes people feel guilty. There's not one of us in this room who doesn't have moments of feeling bad because we don't pray like we should. Isn't that true? So if you think I'm saying this because I pray like I should, I'm not. I'm in the midst of this. With all. We all ought to pray more. We ought to pray better. Don't you suppose the people of earth have prayed more in the last 18 months than ever before? I mean, the more problems, the more prayer. But what kind of prayers have we prayed? Biblical prayers are the best kind, and I love this prayer of Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20. It's been ringing in my mind through all of this. It's highly appropriate for today. King Jehoshaphat was an existentialist. He was in a crisis, and multiple armies were headed toward his little nation of Judah. He responded with masterful spiritual leadership. He was determined to trust God and to lead his nation to do the same. He didn't merely trust the Lord in the face of military defeat. He was ready to trust God for any disaster looming ahead. And this is his prayer. He said, Lord, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear us, and you will save us. In verses 5 through 12, he offered this model prayer. He appealed to God's character, his promises, his actions of the past, and the prayer ended with these superb words. We have no power against this great multitude, That is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I remember when I first saw this, I was in a pretty rough place in my life. And I sort of took those last two phrases and made a little poem out of it and listened to that poem in my heart every day. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's what you do when you don't know what to do. You keep your eyes on the Lord. How many of you know he knows what to do? How many of our prayers should end with a line like this? This is the posture of the Christian. Appeal to God's character, confess your inability, put your eyes on the Lord, and trust him. When you can't see your way through, when you don't know what's going on, when you're wondering, where's this going to take us? Is this the end of life as we know it? Is this the end of our nation as we know it? 
You don't know what the answers to those questions are, but one thing you know is God is in his heaven. He's occupying his throne, and he's in charge, and you can trust him. And so you put your eyes on him, and you put your destiny in his hand. That's one of the things we kind of learned, and we reviewed that. So where do we go from here? We prioritize our prayer life. Here's something else I've learned. We sacrificially serve other people. How many of you know the best thing you can do when you're under pressure is quit thinking about yourself and think about other people. That'll do more for you than anything you could imagine. During the early days of the pandemic, I remember hearing the stories of people for the first time in their lives being hungry. They couldn't get food. And for several weeks, we devoted the morning hours of Friday to feeding the hungry. We packed boxes with staples like toilet paper, paper towels, and soap, and then we put another box together with food. And when people drove in front of our sanctuary... Friday morning, we had people out there in six lanes, and we popped their truck open, and we put that food in their trunk and sent them on their way. Before they left the parking lot, we added a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread. We had somebody actually bake the bread for us, and uh, we paid for what it cost to bake it, but we had fresh bread for everybody who came through the line. And then we would pray for them as they came by. We would ask them if it was all right, can we pray with you? And we prayed for those families. By the time we were finished with this, we had touched more than 1,800 different families. We had given out 27,000 boxes of food, prayed with hundreds of families as they rolled down their windows to say thank you. As Martin Luther put it, if you wish to serve Christ and wait on him very well, you have your sick neighbor close at hand. Go to him, serve him, and you will surely find Christ by serving your neighbor. What I've learned, what we've learned in our own lives is when pandemics come, when things come you don't understand and you don't know what they're all about, don't just think about yourself. Look around and see that there are people out there who are worse off than you are by a long shot. Find a way to serve them. Prioritize your prayer life and serve others sacrificially. And here's one. Maybe you did this and maybe you didn't. I remember one day feeling badly that I hadn't done it and doing it. Count your blessings. How many of you know we're still here. Amen? If nothing else is true of the pandemic, is we're survivors. We're here. But when we are feeling the pressures of unexpected pandemics, we need to get our calculators out and start counting our blessings. John 1.16 says, From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. Paul wrote this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, even with this terrible year that's behind us, everybody says, don't ever say 2020 in my presence again. I don't ever want to hear that word. We want to put that behind us. But God blessed us even during that time. I wish I could tell you all the ways God has blessed this church, all the ways he's blessed Turning Point, how he's blessed us, and he's blessed many of you as well. Have we had problems? Yes. Do some of them still exist? Yes. But all what happens to us when we take a moment and thank God for all the blessings that we have. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, the Bible says, in heavenly places. The Bible says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So prioritize your prayer life. Sacrificially serve other people. Count your blessings. And here's one. Stay calm and carry on. Stay calm and carry on.
How many of you know there are some people that just know how to do that? You know somebody. Maybe you're married to somebody like that. But oh, how wonderful it is to be in the presence of someone who's in the same mess you're in. And notice, they have a sense of calmness that's obviously beyond who they are as a person. It comes from God. And when you fill yourself with gratitude for what God has done, you begin to get a kind of quiet confidence in the midst of all that's happening. I felt that often. When I would come here to preach, there wasn't anybody here. We had a camera, and it seemed so strange to me, but oftentimes I would walk in, and I would sense the power of God in this place and sense that he was in charge, and I had a confidence. And then I would find out how God used the message that I preached to nobody all over the county and all over the country and other places in the world. I had that confidence, and he gave me a sense of calmness. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. In other words, God created your human imagination to be a powerful force. It can create beautiful visions of a desirable future, or it can conjure up the worst-case scenario. Have you ever been around anybody who always takes the worst of everything that happens? First thing you get up in the morning, they might say, well, yeah, this is going to be a bad day. It's not sunny outside. They see the dark side of everything. They never see the brightness of God's goodness. They only see the things that they don't understand, the dark things of life. Well, these dark products of the imagination can put you in the grip of fear, a place God would never have you go. And the Bible tells us we're to bring every thought into captivity unto God. That means don't let those negative thoughts control your life. When an unhealthy thought enters your head, I'm sick, all is lost, I'm going to die, this pandemic is going to be the end of my family, examine it in light of the knowledge of God. Does this thought have any basis in reality? If not, take it captive. Don't give it free run in your mind. Don't let it lead your imagination away from God's goodness into unhealthy fear. You are in charge of your mind. Someone said your mind is like an airport and thoughts are like the airplanes flying over. You can let them land if you want to or you can tell them to keep on going. So prioritize your prayer life. Sacrifice and serve others. Count your blessings. Stay calm and carry on and then do the next thing. We have to keep busy with whatever God assigns us day by day. This was a lesson we learned in our family. When we were first quarantined at home, Don and I realized how easy it would be just to float along with no schedule. Get up later. Don't get dressed until 10, 11 o'clock. No schedule, no plan, no objective. The thing we couldn't understand is at the end of the day, we were tired than we'd ever been in our life. How did that work? How could you be so tired when you weren't doing anything? Well, it didn't take us very long to figure out that that wasn't how we wanted to live our lives during that time. We quickly realized that if we do that, we would be exhausted every day. You probably discovered the same thing. Living life without a plan leads to discouragement and fatigue. And many people went through that during COVID. So we learned the power of doing the next right thing. In other words, we learned to just keep doing what we were doing the work assigned to us the best we could. If I can't preach to everybody, I'll preach here. If I can't preach to the whole church, I'll preach to whoever can listen. The pandemic might change the type or intensity of our work,
but as long as God keeps us on this earth, he's got something for us to do. I found encouragement from some words by J.R. Miller, who wrote, We try to settle our duty in large sections. We think of years rather than moments, of life work rather than individual acts. It is hard to plan a year's duty. It is easy to plan for one short day. No shoulder can bear the burden of a year's cares all gathered up into one big load, but the weakest shoulder can carry without weariness just what really belongs to one day. So when you're going through stress like this, and some of you are still experiencing that, just do the right thing that's next. And that's how Jesus teaches us to live. Emily Freeman has written extensively about this. In one of her books, she said, So often, right after Jesus performed a miracle, he gave the person a simple thing to do. To the leper, he said, tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest. To the paralytic, he said, get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home. To Jairus and his wife, after raising their daughter from the dead, when he had their full and complete attention, and when chances were good, he could get them to swear their lives away for his sake. He did not perform a lecture without dedicating their lives to him or about what grand plans he had for their girl now that she was alive. Instead, he told them, give her something to eat. After raising their daughter from the actual dead, the one thing... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.